Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber, signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal. Wendy's new classic chicken sandwich is now in the two for five. And that's reason to celebrate. Try the new classic and then take your mouth on a victory lap with the iconic Dave's single, the delicious spicy chicken sandwich, spicy or crispy 10-piece nuggets, or just get another classic chicken sandwich. Taste greatness today with Wendy's two for five. We got you. For a limited time, a la carte only. Price and participation may vary in U.S. Wendy's. Hey, Heat Nation. Welcome back to Heat is Gonna Heat. And welcome back once again to another episode of our Season Player Review Series. Today, this is Jorge back with Rich, and we're talking Goran Dragic. Uh, we're running out of players to talk about, but still a lot of interesting uh, Miami Heat stuff to cover uh, while we finish this uh, Season Player Review Series. How are you feeling today, Rich? Oh, I feel great. How are you? I'm great as well. Super excited once again to hit another episode of Heaters Gonna Heed. We've been doing a great job, uh, both uh, you, Kyle, and well, all of uh, you, Kyle, and I, dropping uh, two podcasts per week where that gets me pumped up, excited. And today we're back with another, well, very, very interesting Heat player. And we have some stuff to say about uh, going Dragic, certainly. <laughs> oh, yes. I have a lot. Before we start, just a quick reminder, you can follow us on Twitter at Heaters Heating, where, of course, we're posting each one of our new episodes and more Heat content. Everything, you can find a, you can find everything Heaters Gonna Heat related there. And as for the platforms you can listen, Heaters Gonna Heat on, it's iTunes, Block Talk Radio, and, of course, on OTG Basketball. So let's get this started. Uh, well, for starters, it was not... It was not the season Goran Dragic probably had in mind with him missing a lot of games. He missed, he, almost, he missed almost 50 games. Yes. He was only available for 36 of them, mostly due to injury. And I'm pretty sure that that kind of um, messed up with his rhythm. What do you think about this? Oh, it absolutely did. It absolutely did. Because if you look, all his numbers are down. He's a 45-plus percent shooter, over 35 from three and usually near 80 from the line. And he was down on all those numbers this year. I also think not having a set spot in the rotation because of the way he came back hurt him. I've also heard some people say, well, do you want that big contract with a guy who's injury prone? But he's not. Ever since 2012, except for last year, there hasn't been a year where he didn't play at least 72 games. And I think he will uh, come back strong. I think he'll come back healthy. I hope he opts in because he's a veteran leader this team needs. And I think he'll make Justice a better point guard. And he'll be able to be a combo guy because he can drive and kick, which is what they brought him there for originally when they had shooters. But he can also finish in that kind of offense. Yeah, he definitely can, and and I agree with the well, with pretty much everything you said. As for the as for his stats, he averaged this season, as we said, on thirty six games, 
only, well, only 13.7 points, 4.8 assists, 3.1 rebounds, shooting 41.3% from the field, 34.8% from deep, and 78.2% from the free throw line, which, as you said, all of these, uh, well, this deadline is not really what we expected, but um, I'm, you know, not to put up excuses or anything, but you can understand kind of where, where his struggles come from looking at all the time he missed. And this is pretty much his worst statistical season since, um, let me see, what, 2012, 2011? Uh, when, when he was say, still in Houston. I'll say 2008. As far as shooting goes, 2008 was his low year. Well, yeah, he had, I mean, his role was pretty... He had a pretty diminished role early in his career. Uh, yes. But as for, you know, him being uh, an, an important rotation player, an impactful player, it's pretty much been since his Houston career. This is arguably his worst year since then. So you can clearly see how injuries messed up with him. And oh, the- yes. I mean, he was never under 45% before this year. And you saw him starting the season. Uh, he played the first, uh, he played some 12 games. He played 12 out of the first 15, and that's when the first minor injury hit him. And then he tried to come back, but, uh, you know, he figured out things were just not working out. And it, and it was in, in, in December when the heat shut him down and uh, sent him to recover. We, we heard news he might take two, two and a half months to recover. And he did. He came back right after the All-Star break on February 23rd. And he had, he had a... He had a decent end to the season. Of course, not really what we expected. We would want him to put up better numbers to help us make the playoffs. But as we said, not much we can complain on that front because, uh, yeah, just clearly injuries threw him off his game. Well, let's look at a few things. I would rather judge him on a full season. But they were 16-20 and 20 in games he played. In wins... He averaged 16.6 points in losses, 11.4. At home, he played 18 games and 18 on the road. He scored more on the road than at home. He actually had more assists on the road as well in the same number of games. More rebounds, more assists, more steals, and more points. So it was a pretty different year for him. He was better when he started off the year. He just didn't come back as strong, and I think a lot of that is because of the role he played and because the role was not really defined, and it was difficult to fit him in by the time he came back in late February. But out of the 22 games he started, he averaged 14 and a half points, and five assists a game it was kind of an awkward fit as you said when he came back and justice was thriving as a starting point guard but i think even if you go back to the start of the season in the first six games he scored 20 plus points in four out of those six so uh, so he was kind of um you know you, you could see that he was headed for a for another good year but but he was also pretty pretty inconsistent Pretty streaky, especially his shooting, even at the start of the season. He was. This was his worst shooting year. Because you um, could see in the, in the first game of the season, he he it was a game against Orlando. He scored 26 on 9 for 14 shooting. But then he comes back the next night 
playing Washington, and he shot just three for 18, which is a really ugly stat line. And, and then he comes back and scores 20, 13, 28, and 20. And in the seventh game of the season, he shoots three for 11. Next right. game, he shoots seven for 18. Next game, he shoots 0 for 7. It's just a, an up and down uh, trending chart if you want to if, if you want to see it this way so he you know he, even from the start of the season yes he was scoring but it, it was streaky it was in those first seven games he shot around 41 and a half percent just like he did during the year although he was a little better from three the games he played in November he was terrible from three and not great from the field and his average went down so it was but again, we need to, he needs to be healthy and they need to define a role for him. I say a nice combo guard off the bench. You want to see him off the bench? I would like to see him off the bench unless they play Jay Rich at the three. Then have him start, but have him start as the two guard. Let Justice be comfortable running the offense. Let Goran be a secondary ball handler and let him do what he does, drive and shoot, drive all the way into the lane or drive and pass. That is actually a combination I really liked. Uh, Justice starting a point guard and then Dragic playing kind of like the combo guard with him splitting the ball handling duties with uh, Justice and being an off-ball scorer. I think it helped both him and Justice especially late in the season when both of them had, as you said, a defined role and knew what was expected from each other. And that's led uh, Jay Rich to the three to the three position. But then we spoke about Dion Waiters and how you don't want him coming off the bench, really. You want him starting with uh, alongside Justice and Jay Rich that can generate some uh, open looks for him. But, you know, t- taking all this into account, I wouldn't mind having Goran come off the bench as the... Uh, well, lead ball handler, if Justice is sitting, and play the exact same role. Combo guard, split the ball handling duties with uh, whoever the other guard is, and just do his thing because he, we know he's really good when he gets a chance to do his thing. Right. And which, whichever guard starts, those are going to be your three main rotational guards. Uh-huh. They can all get a good number of minutes. And Drakic isn't getting younger. It'd be nice to see him uh, have a little less of the load. He doesn't need to play 38 minutes a night. But we don't mind the young guys doing it, right? It, it, it's, right. I, it's perfectly, I think it's a perfect combination between letting the young guys run the show, but still having this veteran presence, this veteran guy that we know can both score and create for others. I think it's just a really, a really, really good uh well, combination, when you look at things, no, no matter who the, who the fourth guard uh, in, in the rotation is. And that guard probably wouldn't see a lot of minutes anyway. Yeah, and even when he had a streaky, we've mentioned how he had a streaky shooting year, I still like what, he, what uh, we saw from him playmaking-wise. He's still, he's still a really good passer. Oh, a yes. really, really good passer. And he is a very good passer. He still shoots well enough in enough spots on the court where opponents have to respect him, whether he has the ball or not. Yes. And when he goes left, he's dangerous. That's because he's a lefty, right? <laughs> yes. Well, Dwayne Wade preferred to go left. 
if you break it down, he went left more than right. But he is... Um, yeah, he was superbly skilled. That's Dwayne Wade was in another level. <laughs> and and with Dragic, there's enough skill there where he won't be a liability. He knows where his spots are. He knows what he can do with and without the ball. He um, he played well when he played with Dion Waiters before before this past season. So that would be a good a good matchup. He can play with either guy and be effective. And that's really what you're looking for. And now that we're talking Dwayne Wade and Goran Dragic passing, uh, I find a pretty interesting stat. Actually, Goran Dragic dished 263 passes to Dwayne Wade this season, uh, which means 17.4% of Dragic's total passes went to Dwayne Wade. So it's clear that he had a pretty, a pretty nice chemistry with the flash, but now he's gone. And the second uh, player on the team that received the most passes from Dragic was uh, Jay Rich, who shot uh, 46.4% from three off Goran Dragic passes. Yes. So it, it, it's pretty clear that Dragic is still a threat with the ball, without the ball, and, um, you know, both as a playmaker and as a shooter. It, it's just that, that he had a down year, whatever, uh, attributed to the injuries, to not being focused enough, to whatever. But it's, I just don't buy when people say he's washed and he can still contribute at, at, at a level that he previously did, because I'm pretty sure he can. Oh, I believe he can. I believe he can. And like I said, before this past season, the chemistry he had with Waiters was good. So I'm sure they can get that back. And the numbers and he, here say Waiters shot 45.5% from three off uh, going Dragic passes. So that exemplifies what you're saying. And I think when they played previously, when Waiters was doing a lot of ball handling, in other seasons, Waiters was good at finding him as well. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a combination between all three guards that can work extremely well. What we just need is health. Which is a concern with the Dragic getting older. That's what I was just going to say. He's played 11 years now. You have to start to, you have to hope that he's not going to break down. But there's not really a history of it. Yeah, I mean, he just, actually just three days ago on April the 6th, if I'm not mistaken, Goran Dragic turned 23 years old. I mean, 23, 33 years old, my bad. <laughs> he turned 33 years old and he's still, you know, he'll be 34 by the next season's end. So you have to be careful at managing aging players' workload, which is what we were saying just a bit earlier. Sure, he can uh, take a few less minutes than the younger guards and still be very, very effective in that time. In fact, it may prolong his career a couple of years. Which would be, of course, an ideal situation. Oh, and, yes. And, and it was really interesting to see him, you know, going back to the same discussion point of him not being as efficient shooting-wise this season. It was interesting to notice that, uh, that he still had a positive impact. Looking at some stats here at Cleaning the Glass, the Heat was 3.0 points better or scored 3.0 points per 100 possessions more uh, when Dragic was on the court compared to when he was off. So he still has a, 
you know, that positive impact aspect of him in his game. And I think that's something that a lot of people are underappreciating. Just because he's going to miss a ton of shots doesn't mean that he's uh, that he's necessarily a liability. Yes, we understand he, he's not the most athletic player or won't get you the way too many defensive stops anyway. But just the fact that he's an off-ball threat and that he's still a really, really good passer at his age makes him a threat by himself. So, I mean, just the fact that he's a good shooter still helps a Heat team that, um, you know, wasn't that consistent shooting-wise, especially from three and, well, from the free-throw line, which was just ugly to see this this season. And um, I just want to see Goran come back next year and do his thing because I'm, I'm pretty sure he can. And uh, we, we know people at Miami like Dragic and appreciate what he has done for us with also him being an all-star last season. He's uh, grown into one of these guys, uh, one of these home guys that you love to have on the team and would, would hate to see walk away or have his role diminished to a point where he's not that big of a part of the rotation because he still can be in. Uh, still has the tools to help this team. And especially our, our young guys pass down that knowledge, continue the work of passing down knowledge to our younger guards and um, just continue helping the team as a whole, both on and off the court. And now what um, he opts in, that's the last year on his contract, right? It is. He signed a five-year, $86 million deal on 2015, so he just completed his fourth season in 2019. He's due 19.2 million this upcoming season, assuming he takes his player option. But it's interesting because we saw him being patient and not jumping into it as quick as other players have. Thus right. Far. I think he will, though. I think he will take it. I, I was, we were just talking about this with uh, Kyle in our last episode about Hassan Whiteside. Of course, the, the $19.2 million that Dragic will earn or that his player option says he will earn next season cannot compare to the $27 million that Whiteside's player option has next year. But that is still a lot of money. And with both players getting older and not getting any more athletic or you know, skilled really at, at their age and considering how the league is going. 19 million is a huge offer to turn down in one year. It Plus, is. I wouldn't mind, like, with, with how things are going, I just wouldn't mind him taking the player option and um, re-signing a new, more team-friendly contract deal when this one expires next season. But, you know, the cards are on the table and there are a lot of possible outcomes that... um well, that, that, that we can see. It's, we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Well, what you also want to remember is if they both opt in, and their contracts are a little high, but if they don't work out, if the situation doesn't get better, if they're not playing well with teammates, etc., you can always... Always, you, you have the option to trade them. And expiring contracts are very valuable in this day and age, maybe yes. more than ever. I mean, sometimes you'll see players near the deadline getting traded twice in one week. Because <laughs> that's how the business works. Right. I think Dragic's player option is a little bit more tradable than Hassan's $27 million dollar one because let's face it that's almost 30 percent of what the 
of what the salary cap, uh, you know, that, that that 27 million represents almost 30% of the total salary cap. So that's a huge blow on any team. Right. Uh, so, you know, it, it will have to be a special kind of deal, maybe working out a three-team trade with a contender willing to give up future assets or whatnot. But as you said, they still hold enough value. And, and Dragic's 19 million player option has, you know, it still holds value by itself because Dragic is actually a useful, it's still a very useful player at his age and in, in this league. So it, it would hurt less or it, it would be less harder to move him than moving Whiteside, but but yeah, I agree that both still hold enough value as expiring contracts. And our assets at the end of the day, when you look at, at them this way. Agreed. I, I agree completely. And, and remember what Dragic gives you too. He is such, I like to call them economical players in the way they move. His footwork is so good, he doesn't waste a lot of steps. He's not the most athletic guy, but he gets to where he needs to be. And I love players like that. Yeah, that, that's super useful. And we've mentioned this already uh, a couple of times. It, well, those abilities come in super useful with his age just growing and growing and him growing older. His body will, will need the least amount of mileage to make sure that his career is extended as, as much as possible. Right. And um, Dragic is uh, really still uh, one of the few veterans that we have left on this team now that Dwayne Wade is gone. We don't know what will happen with, um, with Udonis Haslam. And it's only, you know, it's really only Dragic and uh, James Johnson and um, who else? Dragic would really be our only or our top veteran guy, our top veteran presence in the locker room. Right. And, and, and that's still, you know, that, that's something that the 19 million player option is also worth uh, discussing just the veteran presence that he brings on a team with so many young guys that are still looking to improve and have room to grow and are still looking to prove their, you know, everything they can do in this league. So he's also a valuable asset just uh, looking at it from the veteran perspective. Oh, I agree. And that's one of the other reasons moving on to – well, to the closing segments of today's podcast, that's one of the reasons I really want to see Goran Dragic back. Just the fact that he can be a positive, both on the court, you know, giving you limited minutes and whatnot, uh, as well as off the court with the, the veteran leadership that he provides the young guys. He's just a guy that you want to have on your team without a question. So, you know, combining what he brings on the court and off the court, uh, you know, debatable if he's worth the 19.2 million, but at least for next season, we want to have him right here in Miami. And remember that comes off the books. Even if you don't trade him, you might be able to bring him back at a much more team friendly contract. Which I'm sure he wouldn't mind taking into account his age and his knowing that he will take a more limited role as our younger guards grow. But you still want to have him there, number one, for the veteran presence. And number two, just because he's established such a nice relationship with everyone on the team, from the coaching staff to the players, that he's a guy you want, you want on the practice facility and on the bench. And, uh, you know, just a, a voice that can help, especially the young guys at any time. That's what Goran Dragic will continue bringing to the table as he gets older. Oh, I agree. 
So you, you, you love to see this. And well, we've talked about it already a little bit again, but let's just uh, settle down our final expectations for Dragic next season. You expect him to opt in? I do. I do, only because coming off an, an injury-plagued year, he is probably not going to get that kind of money if he opts out. Reason so number I one, I agree. I think he will come in for one more year. Yeah, it, it it makes sense both from the, you know, from the business perspective and from the on-court perspective. He still has some pending work in Miami. And, yes. uh, and just because, of, you know, of, of all the things we pointed out uh, that he brings to the table, to, to the organization and to his teammates, he's a guy you want to see come back. So, I mean, I wouldn't mind him opting in to his player option. As you said, he's not getting this kind of money anywhere else, not short term, not long term. And he still has pending business, so I expect to see him back. And I agree the, with what you said earlier. I would like to see Dragic come off the bench with Coach Spolstra handling his minutes uh, closely, making sure he doesn't get uh, overworked or doesn't play way too much to a point where we risk uh, injury unnecessarily. Right. And we can let the young guys run the show, Dragic coach from from the bench and uh, just do what he does because he's still really good at it, even at 33. He's still good at what he does. So I, I just love Dragic. And he's a player that I don't think we show enough love or give enough credit for what he has done and what he hopefully will continue to do in Miami. He's just a player you love to have on the team, and he's all about heat culture. I agree with you there, too. Uh, the reason we didn't talk about him much last year was just because we didn't see him much last year. But at the end of the day, even with uh, an inefficient season, even with all of the injuries, it's, you know, we want him back. Hey, I think that's pretty clear, but I've, I've seen some people on Twitter arguing whether just, you know, from, from the business perspective, yes, you don't want to have that money right there, but it's unlikely that he will opt out and try to renegotiate a new deal. I mean, that's still an option. You know what, saying I opt out of the deal, but Pat, let's negotiate. You know, I'm opting out as long as you give me a three-year deal worth of this much money, just have security in here. That's still on the table, but I don't think it's as likely with uh, the Heat trying to look for as much flexibility long-term as, as we can have. Uh, so it, it, it just makes sense that he'll take his player option, come back, and do what he does because he's damn good at it. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. He can really step in and help this team, and I want to see him do it. Definitely. And, uh, well, I, th I think we covered pretty much everything. That, that should be it for today's podcast, unless we're missing anything about Dragic. Anything else you want to point out, Rich? No, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, it's, it's pretty clear that we love him, and we, love, we would love to have him back. So we had, a, well, a gr again, another great episode talking about another one of our favorite players. We have a lot of favorite players, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, but we really enjoy talking about our beloved Heat, heat players and all the guys that are all, all about Heat culture. So it was great. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, before we get out of here, Rich, would you like to remind everyone where we can find you on social media? Sure will. You can find me on Twitter at Rich A, R-I-C-H-A underscore N-B-A. And I do enjoy reaching out with, you know, having debates with people, talking with people, of course, about this podcast. I mean, if there's anything you want to hear, Jorge and I do 
that's the place to do it. If you don't hit us on Twitter at Heaters Heating, you can reach out to me and I will gladly go over stuff and talk about stuff with you. And I think that's just a great way to interact, as I yeah. know you do, too. Yeah, definitely. You can find me on Twitter at Cantu-NBA. That's C-A-N-T-U-N-B-A. And our basketball discussions are not limited to Miami Heat only. We also really enjoy discussing just general NBA, as we know Rich does in his uh, Around the Association podcast, which talks about general NBA. So we really do enjoy anything basketball-related, if you want to hit us up, anything. That's why we're here. <laughs> and uh, uh, just before we leave, a huge shout out, as always, to OTG Basketball. Uh, there's more playoff content coming in. And I'm super, super, super excited to announce that uh, we just released some uh, OTG Basketball merchandise. You'll see me copying some of that sometime soon. And uh, well, hopefully we'll have some Heaters Gonna Heat uh, uh, t-shirts there in the future. We'll, we'll be working on it. So, I mean, once again, huge shout out to all of the Really good uh, work that everyone is putting in at OTG Basketball. Uh, the draft guys have been amazing. The playoff content has been amazing. We're pretty much, as Rich put it uh, sometime, some weeks ago, we're your go-to for NBA content. Oh, great content. We appreciate that. So on that note, I think that's going to be it for this podcast. We'll be back in a couple of days with uh, another new edition. Great time today. And Rich, uh, thank, you for, thank you for another great episode. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. And thanks to all of our listeners. We'll see you soon. Have a great week. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a cucumber. poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber. Signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal. Good afternoon. Would you like to try a free sample of our double fudge brownie? Oh, sure. Mmm, that's very good. I I'll just take one more, just to be sure. Yep, still very good. Some things never change. Like never being able to take just one free sample. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Mmm, it... Is that macadamia nut I taste? Let me take one more. Sir, mm. yeah, I thought so. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.